We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Today I'm speaking with Michael Kopp, a player who has won multiple high stakes titles in the FFPC main event, the Football Guys Players Championship, and FFPC Dynasty Leagues. He's a former FPC regular season points champion and took 7th place overall in last year's Football Guys Players Championship. His career winnings total more than $70,000. In this episode, we talk about whether Gus Edwards can be a league winner, why he was on Eric Ebron since the end of last season, why he focused on drafting running backs early this year and not receivers, and much more. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners-only 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL Pass through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the Rotoviz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here is $70,000 FFPC high-stakes winner, Michael Cobb. 
some high stakes fantasy football hour before a guy who's done some uh, work with me uh, on on the, the Rotoviz uh, audio series with the FFPC before, but it's been a while. Michael Cobb, thank you for uh, for doing the show with me uh, this week, man. I really appreciate it. Hey, man, I'm glad to be back. Season winding down, and I get to come talk about fantasy football. Have a chance, man. Exactly, you got that right. Um, I want you know you are one of the when, when people talk about. Um, some of the toughest things to do in uh, in the FFPC, uh, you have accomplished two of them. You have already won the F the Football Guys Players Championship regular season title. You also, and I didn't talk about this uh, bef- uh, with you before, but you also, in one of the FFPC Dynasty Leagues, you had a perfect um, regular season where you got all the victory points. In other words, you scored... Um, you know, you got the maximum victory points every single week, went undefeated. So you have both those under your belt. Um, still looking for the big six-figure grand prize. But, Michael, I got to tell you, I'm a little jealous that, that you've been able to accomplish already what you've been able to accomplish. Hey, I really appreciate it, though I'm afraid I have to make a small correction. I, I actually only went 12-1 and one in Dynasty and missed two VPs. Ah, 12-1. Okay, all right. So that was by mistake. But that had to happen late in the season because I know you had an incredible run where, where you were. You... Last week, I was 12-0 and and it happened in the last week. So uh, I got you. All right. Well, still, I, I don't know anybody who's done that either. <laughs> so, I mean, you are, you are way ahead of the curve on that one. I want to talk about... Uh, the Football Guys Players Championship specifically, because you basically, for the regular season last year, you were like a wire-to-wire leader and won the regular season points title. You are back again with the team in competition uh, in the top 60 overall in the 7,800-team tournament. Congratulations uh, for your success so far. Uh, let's get into the, to the, the meat and potatoes of your team. And I only bring this up, well, not only do you have to make this decision, I have to make this exact decision in a dynasty league this week. And I know a lot of other people are deciding between Ben Roethlisberger at home against the Chargers uh, or Lamar Jackson going down to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. For your quarterback slot in this team this week, uh, which way are you leaning right now? Have you made a final decision? Yeah, I have. And honestly, I looked at it and it took me about, is one of those five-second decisions. I didn't spend a lot of time on it. Uh, Roethlisberger at home is a different guy. Roethlisberger on prime time is a different guy. You get both of those in a game that's probably high scoring. Um, you know, in Lamar, first game that he's going to have on the road, to me it's Ben Roethlisberger all the way. I, and that's what I the, – the one league I have to make that choice in, I do have Big Ben in there right now. Um, Lamar Jackson was a guy that I was really excited about in Dynasty, so I feel like I've been, you know, I've been looking for ways to deploy him. But I think the smart play, I think you're right. Uh, Big Ben at home uh, on prime time. Not only will that be fun to watch, it should be very good for fantasy owners that deploy him as well. Um, tight end position. This has been an interesting one, and I'm, I'm actually kicking myself because um, back when uh, Eric Ebron was was crushing it. Um, I was playing him a lot because uh, I had him in a couple of Evan Engram leagues, and it just made sense, obviously, that that Ebron was like the the you know the best of a bad situation, and I, I started him. Well, that bad situation turned awesome because Ebron was living in the end zone, putting up crazy numbers. Um, and then I actually, when when Jack Doyle came back, Michael, I was thinking, okay, well, look at look at what they did as far as snap counts and routes run that first game back. Ebron was hardly out there. Uh, and Doyle was getting all that work. 
So I actually dumped Ebron in, in one of my leagues and, and somebody else picked him up, which was super frustrating. And now Doyle is out for, for the season, which is like, you know, now all of a sudden that Ebron pick looks amazing. And I got to tell you, in a tight end premium league like the FFPC, like the Football Guys Players Championship, it's tough to make a case for for sitting Eric Ebron now the rest of the way. Oh, it is. Um, and really, if you're going to make a case against it, it's going to probably be because you've got Ertz or Kelsey and you happen to just be loaded with studs at wide receiver and running back and you can't fit him in one of your flexes. I'm happy to be in one of those positions this week. So there are leagues in an FFPC format where I will look at benching Ebron. And I'd like to take a second to say I'm, I'm – I drafted Ebron more than any player this year in FFPC. <laughs> Did you really? Most of my FFPC dynasty teams. So I love me some Eric Ebron. The talents there. Now I got lucky in redraft. I don't. I don't want to. Um, the, the Doyle injury, unfortunate for him. That's a very tough guy. That created an opening for Ebron that I did not think he needed. To be honest, I, I expected him to play a higher snap count than he was doing when Doyle was playing. But it happened. I'm a beneficiary. It's awesome to own Ebron. But, you know, let me say, for the rest of the season, I'm going to slot him anywhere. If I'm ranking tight ends, he's going to be anywhere from tight end three to tight end five in my rankings. You, I can't say you can't bench him because, again, you might. I, I'm looking at a situations this week where I'm looking at an Ebron or a Galladay, an Ebron or a Reed. So he's still not a for-sure start. But he is going to be awesome for the rest of the season. Again, I'm going to put him anywhere from between tight end three to tight end five. And the big reason I got to say that I love Ebron in the first place is he, in the second half of last year, he averaged about 30 snaps a game with the Lions. Only had one TD in those eight games. Nothing like the TD monster that he is now. And he was a number three or four tight end in FFPC in the second half of last season. So he showed he could produce all limited snaps. He showed he could produce without TDs. When he's full-time tight end like he is now, he is a monster. And it's, it, it, that's, a huge, that's a huge injury. The, the Doyle injury is a big difference maker for Ebron. So what did you do with specifically your dynasty leagues? Were you were, – I mean, were you, you – I can't imagine you'd be picking him up off the waiver wire. Were you dealing for him to, to try to get him on your roster this, this offseason? <laughs> For Eric Ebron? For, for Ebron, yes. Hey, maybe I'm going to win the Patient Man of the Year award, but I have two FFPC Dynasty teams where I drafted Eric Ebron as a rookie and have held on to him ever since. Good for you. Yeah, so there's that. Uh, another league, I swapped him. Uh, I got an offer out of the blue of Jimmy Graham and a third. The third didn't mean much, but uh, this was be this was. Early offseason, February, Graham hadn't signed. Ebron, you didn't know where he was going to be. I always go younger when in doubt. So I accepted that offer when they made it. Um, and so I traded for him in one place. But um, in leagues I did not have Eric Ebron, I did try to go get him cheap for like seconds, French players. I, I wasn't really able to pick him up. But for the most part, I've just been holding on to him all this time. This, okay, so th here's what I need to do is after the NFL season ends, I need to contact you again, figure out who you are who you are dealing for, 
uh, in all your dynasty leagues so I can make sure I'm dealing for the same guy if if, uh, if you were on Eric Ebron back then. That is uh, good on you, my friend. Uh, uh, well, Antonio Matt Balky is ho- hopefully yes, and luckily I'm normally right. I'm also the same guy that gave you uh, James White and Mark <laughs> yeah. in a dynasty league. So take it for what it's worth. So <laughs> Yeah, that was, that was the deal that um, – well, I just figured – because you co that that dynasty you're talking about, don't you co-own it with with John Duckworth? I do, I do, and that was I'm going to take credit for that terrible trade. That, that was me. I I, I, uh, I believed in Jordy. We're loaded at running back in that league, and I thought it made sense. But uh, you know that that's that's an incredible trade for you. Yeah, it, it worked out. It's the only reason I'm still in playoff contention. But I'm I'm running into a, a roadblock this week because I I won't have Leonard Fournette. And I'm probably gonna have to, you know, play somebody like Legarrette Blount or somebody like that at, at my second running back. So, and I'm I'm clinging to that last playoff spot on there, and, and it's all because of, uh, you know, James White that I'm there. So thank you for that. I, I certainly appreciate it. Hell, yeah. Um, speaking of, of loaded at running back, um, this football guy squad that you have, it is loaded at running back. The aforementioned Leonard Fournette. You have James Conner, you have Marlon Mack, you have Carrion Johnson, you have Tevin Goldman, uh, t- excuse me, Tevin Coleman. It's not incredibly deep at wide receiver. Chris Godwin is your number four on this team. I'm just curious, when you were drafting this team, when you were building it, was this a conscious decision that, okay, for this league, I'm going to see if I can go a little bit heavy on running back, see what kind of team I can throw together, or is this the way that the draft fell into place where you know people are letting these running backs slip to you? I would say it's funny how, like, uh, perception here is different. I am somebody who um, often ignores receiver. You know, we saw the zero running back theory gain popularity a few years ago. I've been zero wide receiver theory for years. I tend to blow receiver off. think I can get it anywhere. I don't really focus on it. So where you look at this team and see, boy, Chris Godwin's your number four. You're a little thin there, aren't you? I look at this team where I committed my second to fourth round picks on receiver. And one of those was Cooper, who was busting up, obviously, until he got traded. But we've got Odell, Tyreek, and we've got Cooper. So I look at this team and think, man, I'm freaking loaded at receiver. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just, you know, it's a matter of, you know, how you look at that a little bit different. So entering the draft. I pretty much knew in rounds three and four I was going to go with receiver. I just know how the drafts are going to fall. I'm going to get two receivers. So really, once the first and second round got out, I had a running back. Odell lands to me in two. And I couldn't know that. There's a chance I could have went with the tight end or a running back. You just don't know how it's going to go. But once I did that, I knew I was going to get two receivers at the three, four turn, and I did. And then, then it became a plan at that point that I was going to kind of pass receivers unless I just saw some kind of great value and was going to go ahead and take the running backs and the tight ends. And there's a lot that goes into that. Um, there's a bunch of receivers in that general 9 to 13th round range, 9 to 13th, that I like. And I wanted to be able to pick a bunch of them. I know if I start committing any more picks – to receivers early, I'm going to have to use some of those picks on another position. I didn't want to do that. And then I just know running backs and tight ends were going to get sparse in a hurry, at least for the ones I like. So I did make a decision for the most part to concentrate on running backs, tight ends, and just go ahead and kick receiver off for a while. But I don't do that unless I actually run into running backs and tight ends that I like. Luckily, I did. They haven't all worked out, but I did like the ones I picked. I didn't feel like I'm reaching, let's put it that way, 
for a position. So in the end, yes, Chris Godwin is my number four. Um, he's not strong. It's weak. But I feel so good with the other three, with the deep running backs and the deep tight ends. This is a team of, that's you know going to uh, be helped again by the Ebron thing. If I'm starting, if I need to start my fifth receiver, I got bigger problems. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I got gotcha. you. Uh, let uh, Let's just explore that zero wide receiver thing for a little bit. Is Is this a feeling uh, or a belief that you have strictly for 2018, or I mean, have you you know over the years have you found you know some 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 honey pots in in that rounds nine through 13 area where there are some receivers there that you like that that can be contributors uh, for your squads all season long you know what this year the specific of going into say rounds nine and 13 that was absolutely specific to this year uh, in the drafts and, and the way they would unfold it i generally stopped liking the running backs after about the seventh or eighth round uh, Ebron uh, usually represented the end of the tight ends I put any trust in, and I'm usually taking him in the ninth or tenth round. So quarterback, wide receiver, and I also was a huge investor in the Rams and Jags, these Jags being a huge bust, but I did it anyway. So when I got to that ninth, thirteenth round area for this year, I just felt that the talent was heavily weighted towards the wide receivers, the quarterbacks, and then occasionally I dip in up and take one of those defenses as well. But in previous years, you know, we especially when the zero running back theory became popular, really all that did was create a bunch of running back value early to me. And then later in the draft, when everyone went zero running back and they're grabbing receivers, that's when I would start taking my receivers. You know, typical zigging when everybody's zagging kind of thing. Because that theory hasn't worked out so well for people in the previous few years, it got killed this year. So this year felt like old 1990 fantasy football, which is <laughs> bad. So, I mean, you know, you had to change up how you look at it. And so I did try to take running. You know, if it was remotely close, I'm taking a running back or a tight end over a receiver. Um, moving on to, to another running back, uh, specifically this week in that Colts Jaguars game, we already know that Leonard Fournette, uh, had his suspension, uh, upheld and he's going to miss that game, but it, it could be the Colts who are also missing their starting running back. If Marlon Mack does indeed miss that game with that concussion that he's dealing with, would you feel all right starting either Naheem Hines or, or Jordan Wilkins this week? Well, great pronunciation on Naheem Hines. I never get that right. Uh, uh, yes, him. I would feel very comfortable starting. Jordan Wilkins, no. What is it? it I mean, is it just the pass catching prowess that that Hines has over Wilkins, and, and Wilkins just being sort of the banger? It is. It is. You know, and, and, and I know Jordan Wilkins caught a few passes last week, but that's really what it boils down to. Um, that, that, that's it in a nutshell. I, I feel comfortable that he's going to be involved. And I don't even love Hines, but he's startable. If I'm starting Jordan Wilkins, I'm feeling a little bit desperation. Yeah, I mean, you certainly, especially with, you know, FFPC main event and and, and football guys uh, league titles on the line this week, hopefully you have a better option with uh, Jordan Wilkins. And then, then you're just dealing with some bye week issues. If you're in your finals, you're probably playing a monster team and starting a Jordan Wilkins probably isn't going to make you feel like you have an advantage. Yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. Uh, A.J. Green, this is an interesting guy that we need to talk about for this week because he emphatically stated that he will be back out there 
for week 13 after missing all that time with his injury. But it's not going to be Andy Dalton tossing him the football anymore. It's going to be Jeff Driscoll in at quarterback for Cincinnati. Um, again, league title on the line. You got to put your best lineup out there. Is A.J. Green in your lineup, or is he better off on your fantasy bench to, to see how this Driscoll experiment works out? I tell you what, he is in most lineups, but he's not in all of them. But if he's not in the lineup, it has more to do with just not being able to fit him in. Uh, again, it's like a Galladay, Ebron, Green kind of call. But I'm, I'm not that concerned with Driscoll, to be honest. I'm more concerned with he's just coming off of an injury. Their season obviously is falling apart for the Bengals. Is he just trying to come back to help everybody save jobs and help the season? So the injury to me is far more concerning than in the quarterback situation. I, I would tend to view A.J. Green as a solid wide receiver two type this week. And if I don't have a great option, I would absolutely recommend playing A.J. Green. But if I'm faced with, say, Green, Galladay, Green, Ebron, I'm probably going to sit Green. And again, it's mainly due to the injury. Yeah, no, I, I'm totally with you. And, and Tyler Boyd actually had a pretty good game with Jeff Driscoll throwing it to him uh, last week. So there's some chemistry there, too, that you need to be concerned about. And, you know, we've seen this show before where Dalton goes down and they got to get a backup quarterback. Um, I'm blanking out on the old Alabama quarterback's name. Uh, Karen. Uh, thank you. Thank you. All I, I could see was his girlfriend in my head. <laughs> You and So, yeah, so him, so, you know, I think A.J. Green makes Dalton. Dalton does not make A.J. Green. I'm not worried about the quarterback. Just, you got to hope his feet are okay. Indeed you do. Uh, Gus. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. It's the sale you've been waiting for. Now through Monday, get a huge 50% off the styles you need now with 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, 50% off. Jeans start at 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. Want fashion in a flash? Buy online and pick up in-store for free. Hurry, the sale ends Monday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 829 to 9-2 excludes in-store clearance, jumpsuits, rompers, bubbles, active license, and men's package tees. Edwards, this is a guy that, like, I, I really, you know, it, honestly speaking, like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, never even heard of the guy. Or if I did, I forgot about him instantly. And normally I would say a guy like this who becomes the, the starting running back for a team uh, this late in the season, I'd say he's a league winner. But because he's not really catching passes, because Lamar Jackson's in that quarterback, it seems like, to me, his upside is probably capped at maybe 120, 130 rushing yards along with a touchdown. Is that how you assess his value, or could he be even bigger than that? Nope. I think you got it down. And, hey, I want to say that uh, I knew who he was. I actually went on a heavy Gus Edwards pickup spree weeks ago. Um, and, and, and a lot of my leagues, he he got in the game late. I'm, I'm a huge anti-Alex Collins guy. I just don't think he's that great. And I thought, hey, if Collins could come out of nowhere, so could Edwards. 
I was running around picking him up for anywhere from a buck to 30 bucks range, not going mad, but I got him a lot um, on my leagues. I ended up cutting him. Now he's resurfaced. I got him a lot again. I've repurchased him, so to speak. But I'm afraid you're correct. This guy's a zero in the passing game. That's not my style. I picked him up because it's late in the year and the options are what they are. You take what you can get. He'll even be in some lineups, uh, one or two this week. But I don't love the dude. I never love a running back that doesn't catch. I mean, not a single target in two games. You're going to put this guy in, and you're going to hope for a TD. And he's also had two great matchups, and he's got another good matchups. And, hell, the Ravens' schedule is awesome. He might have good matchups all year. But if this guy doesn't score a TD, you're not sniffing 20 points. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally with you on that. I mean, I think he has a, a higher floor than, than a lot of other running backs. But, again, if, if you made it this far, you probably have better options to, to trot out there uh, than Edwards. Um, but you certainly kind of know what you're getting. What I don't know what you're going to get is if you play Austin Eckler or uh, uh, Justin Jackson this week, uh, now that Melvin Gordon's out. What's the read for you on how the the touches, how how they get distributed there? I know Eckler caught 10 passes last week. Do you think that continues? How do you assess uh, Eckler and and Jackson, not only this week, but for as long as Melvin Gordon is out? Yeah, I I wish I owned Eckler because everything that we just said, Gus Edwards is not, which is not a league winner. Austin Eckler is. It's all Austin Eckler. It's the anti-Edwards, the anti-Gus. It's a good way to put it. It is all, and again, I'm, I'm tonight I'll be, I got my waivers submitted. Um, I love FFBC waivers when you're only competing against playoff teams. I already know I'm going to be buying some Justin Jackson tonight. I'm invested in him. But at this point, I'm buying Eckler's handcuff. Yeah, and, and um the and that's actually as soon as we get done recording, I have to place my my waivers yet. I'm I'm really uh uh behind behind the eight ball here, but I'm with you. I'm, I'm going to put in uh, some bids on Justin Jackson. I don't have a whole lot of money left, um in uh, in a lot of my leagues where where I have the bidding bucks left. But you know Gus Edwards went cheap in certain leagues last week too. So in, in the last two weeks really. So maybe I'll get lucky on that. But yeah, I, I I'm with you. I mean I I think I have Eckler in like three spots and. Um, it wasn't like when Nick Chubb, when, when Carlos Hyde got traded to Jacksonville, I was super excited because I knew I had Chubb in like six or seven spots. Eckler, you know, when, when Gordon got announced as, you know, having the MCL sprain or whatever it was, uh, I was happy for my Eckler shares, but I only had like three of them, you know, and, and this is a guy that I kind of liked drafting in the middle, mid rounds, you know, uh, in the, uh, in, during drafting season. And that, see, I only have him on three teams. That was a little frustrating. But, you know, it is what it is, and, and, and I'll roll with uh, what happens. But hopefully I can get some Jackson shares uh, along with you this week. Um, I touched on Dynasty earlier, Michael, and, and how many uh, Dynasty leagues you play in. It's it's a ton. Um, I'm curious, are there any rookies from this season that, you know, were first-round picks in, in rookie drafts in, in May that have underwhelmed, that have underperformed, that have not done what the people who drafted them thought they would be able to do that you're actually going to try to buy low on for next season. And and I'll just mention a few names here. Rashad Penny, Ronald Jones. I mean, those guys were top six, top seven picks. Royce Freeman, James Washington, uh, Dante Pettis. Or, or is there somebody else that, that you have your eye on for, you know, maybe they, they didn't perform in 2018, but 2019 they might break out? Yeah, for sure. Um, the one that really would jump out at me and to me would be clearly valued above all the others that, that you mentioned in general would be Penny. 
because he legitimately looks good when he when he gets on the field. Just happens to be that Carson looks kind of crazy good sometimes too. You know, you got you, you got a situation there where I don't know if Mike Davis is going to come back. John Schneider's probably as aggressive a general manager in trades as it gets, so maybe that situation clears up one way or another with the trade. And if you know Carson's on a, a seventh round, probably league minimum type contract. He's very easy to trade. You bet on talent, and Penny looks like he has the talent. I, I, I got a feeling though, like his owners know this. It's just like I, I'm just I'm, I'm I haven't you know we can't trade yet. I'm, I'm I'll be curious to know what he goes for in the off season. But I think his his talent is legit. Ronald Jones is an interesting one because he did the one thing worse than not playing well. He couldn't even play well enough to not play well. Uh, <laughs> You know, he can't get on the field. I loved him. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna uh, hide from what I, I thought about these guys coming in. I, I, I'm. You know, I'll. I'll. I'll take the blame. I'll take the credit. I like Ronald Jones a lot. I did not, however, think he was NFL ready. He's a smaller guy. He's not an accomplished pass catcher, but he's super young. I love the way he ran. He reminded me a lot of Chris Johnson. Um, I would not give up on him. I do have him in an FFPC league. I'm not exactly blown away by trade offers, but I get a lot of offers for like a second for him. As an example, I'm not interested in that. So if Ronald Jones cost you a second, I'd buy him. I'd bet on the talent that I saw at USC. You can't make that stuff up. I'd buy him and, and I'd wait for it. Royce Freeman, I wouldn't touch him at all. I, I comp Royce Freeman to Zach Stacy coming into the into the league. I'm going to stay with that comp, but more than that is, you know, if you picked up Philip Lindsay, especially in Dynasty, congratulations to you. That's the free agent pickup of the year. He's he's a million times better. Yeah, and 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 with with uh, draft pedigree, I think we could kind of throw it out the window given what we've seen with with Freeman and Lindsay. I mean, Lindsay's the pass catcher. He's breaking off bigger chunks of yardage. I mean, I guess the one thing that Freeman might have over him is is maybe he gets more goal line looks than Lindsay, but I don't even know how true that is either. No, no, not 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 at all, and um, not, not at all. And one guy I saw throw out there who was not a first round pick that I would um, probably in terms of cost a great buy low. I'd get on Hayden Hurst in a big way, it, you know, in in, in FFPC because you know he's going to frustrate a lot of people. They're going to say, ah, oh, you know, he's already twenty six years old and Mark Andrews looked better. That's a hard position to learn as a rookie. Uh, as for the age, he's running about a year. He'll, he'll be about a year older next year than when Travis Kelsey first played. It's not a big deal. Um, you know, he gets you get hurt like that, it sets you back. Lamar Jackson, who I know you love in Dynasty because I know you've invested in him in some leagues that we're in, he's obviously not going to be a high-volume passer, but I really think they put that pairing together intentionally because Hurst is a good yak guy for the short yard. It's, that's a good pairing. Hurst would probably make it, as, like I would say, that's is my favorite by low, only because I got this feeling the penny owners aren't going to come off of him cheap. Yeah, you know, and and uh, even and I would say even in a tight end premium format, I think that that Hurst is a guy that you might be able to pry for for less than you think. Um, you know, especially in the short bench FFPC too. When it comes to who you can keep and who you can't, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, one one of the things, Michael, that that uh, I wrestle with every single year, and I and I always seem to screw it up. Um, waivers are closing. Well, they don't close tonight, but they close this week. 
in the Football Guys Players Championship, the FFPC main event. I play in a lot of teams in the KFFSC, which is similar, where the waiver wire closes uh, this week. And you will have to find a way to carry enough depth on your team where if one of your guys goes down or if he gets suspended or something like that happens, uh, that you have depth to, to plug in behind. What is your preferred um, sort of roster construction as far as how many quarterbacks, how many tight ends, how many kickers um, you like to keep on your team? Do you try to just rock with one defense for the rest of the way? Do you try to go with multiple ones? How do you, how do you normally like to assess this situation? I am all over the map. I really am. It, it really depends on the on the team. So as an example, I got a bunch of zero line teams. That's that's my big kicker that I took. Well, considering he missed last year at the end of the year and a bunch this year for an injury, if I'm carrying zero line, I'm carrying a second kicker. I just can't can't risk it. I if I don't have zero line, chances are I've got Tucker. I'm gonna go ahead and just roll with Tucker and hope for the best. I mean, we're we're talking about a four week regular season. For all intents and purposes, um, Tucker's never missed the game. I'll take my chances. But, you know, there's a lot of tough calls. It, it really is. And I, I spent a lot of today kind of, you know, looking this stuff over. You know, you, 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 I tend to just kind of get aggressive, meaning I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to do what I can do to have the best possible team and risk it burning me bad somewhere. So I'm usually going to carry two quarterbacks as an example. It's not inconceivable that in the next three weeks, two of those guys are going to drop out for whatever reason. And then I, if so, I'm toast. You just have to make those tough decisions. So I'm, I'm, I'm usually going to carry two quarterbacks. This year, I, I didn't draft the Bears defense anywhere, I'm afraid. I drafted a lot of Rams defense. They're the only defense that I actually own that I feel okay carrying is my only defense. Every other defense, I'm carrying at least two. Tight ends, they get hurt a lot. So I like to back them up. If I've got Ertz, I've tried to keep Goddard. I did that last year with Trey Burton. It paid huge dividends in the final few weeks. With Ebron, I'm picking up Eric Swoop, by the way, who has returned uh, to practice. Meanwhile, Mo Alley Cox is in a boot. And I know they signed a tight end today. I'm blanking out the old guy, the old X-Raider jet, um, Clyde Walford. That's who it is. Sure. I'm about Clyde Walford. Eric Swoop is probably Eric Ebron's backup. So I'm picking up Swoop and a lot of Ebron teams. I try to get a lot of backups, but in terms of, you know, how you got to set the roster, again, it, it depends on the leagues. I'm, you know, as an example, I'll go back to the team you referenced to mine where Godwin is, you know, my fourth receiver. I've got a ton of teams where I'm going to carry just four or five receivers for the last four weeks of the season. And you and and too in the FFPC you can only or I mean you can you uh, you only need to start two receivers so that obviously could work out uh, no problem uh, for a lot of teams that that want for the best I mean you just don't know what's going to happen you you know any day you know you could drop two tight ends two quarterbacks two receivers if it happens it happens you're probably sunk so be it you move on. You know, you just got to, you know, put yourself in that position. So you, you, it's not the regular season. You can't carry six or seven guys at every position. It's just you can't do that. There are hard calls that have to be made. 
One of the things I really like doing about this show and the HSFF Hour is I can be selfish and ask some of the best fantasy players out there what they would do in my position with certain issues that I'm facing on my team. Let me throw one at you right now, Michael. I have a team uh, in, in Kentucky that I, I, I kind of screwed up my bidding last week because I had uh, Mitchell Trubisky and Matthew Stafford as my two quarterbacks. Now, obviously, I knew Trubisky probably wasn't going to play, and I didn't really want to play Stafford against the Bears. Um, but I ended up not only getting Jameis Winston, but I picked up Lamar Jackson as well. So now I have four quarterbacks on this team for the last four weeks. And I obviously don't want to carry all four. What would you do in, in, in my position? Because, you know, the Tampa quarterback thing has been super fluid. They seem to switch back and forth between Fitzpatrick and Winston all the time. Um, Matthew Stafford is the one guy who's basically guaranteed to, to keep his job the rest of the way. Uh, but I don't know how high his ceiling is with with no Marvin Jones and no Golden Tate. Um, and then you have uh, Trubisky, who has been great, but I don't you know I I don't know the health. And it sounds like he practiced in a limited fashion today, so I feel like he's I got to keep him around. And then you know you have Lamar Jackson. What happens when Joe Flacco comes back? Does Jackson keep the job if he loses in Atlanta this week? And then Flacco is healthy enough to play. Do they go back to Flacco? I'm not really sure. What would you do here if you were me? First of all, I'm dealing with a almost similar situation just without the Trubisky and uh, uh, Stafford angle. First of all, how many quarter do you want to? You don't want to carry four, so you're telling me already you're going to cut at least one. That's correct. Do you want to carry two or do you want to carry three? I, that's that's the question because like I, I feel like three might be a little bit of overkill, but I also want. I mean, like with quarterback being you know, such a matchup driven position. Sometimes if I can play the matchups down the stretch, which, and granted, I have not looked at the, you know, the next four weeks um, be, between these guys. I know Winston is probably the play this week that I'll, that I'll probably go with. Um, so I, I think I want to keep him around, but the, just the question is, you know, do I, do I, do I, I don't know. I mean, I, it's just like, there, there's, there's so many pros for all of these guys. And, and I, I know I can't, it's, I'm, I'm, it's a detriment to my team if I carry all four. Yeah, I, I wouldn't carry all four. I, I would I would actually cut Stafford without much hesitation. Um, that's an extremely easy decision to make, by the way, if you're going to carry three, and that's why I asked that. Right. Chances are you carry three, one of them's going to work out, and they're probably all better plays. I mean, Stafford without weapons, I mean, he's got Galladay and literally nothing else. It's hard to get excited about. Um, so I would, you know, again, tend to cut Stafford and roll with three. And, and it, where I get into a really hard decision is if you actually got to narrow that thing down to two. Woo! I'm not sure, brother. I really don't know. And I haven't looked. Um, I, I, I just know that was the quarterback situation. I, I'm going to place waivers here shortly. But, but if I'm hoping that's the league, that I already have two kickers. Because if I already have two kickers – uh, in that league, then I'm not going to go out of my way to to you know necessarily pick up uh, you know all these other all these other guys. The, the, I'd be dropping one of these guys just to make sure I, I, I have an extra kicker because I know they're not. I don't have great kicking options um, in, in that uh, in that league. And I was trying to get you know because I wanted to get two kickers on my team so at least have the option to keep two of them around over the last couple of weeks because you know once they get dropped they're locked and then you know if, if your kicker gets hurt well you're kind of screwed if you can't pick anybody else up. So we'll have to see, you know, what happens. I think I'm kind of with you on Stafford because if if Winston loses the job and Jackson loses the job 
and Trubisky, you know, isn't healthy enough, and that happens like week week 15 or week 16 or something like that, then it just wasn't meant to be. You know, if all three of those guys are hurt, I don't think Stafford's going to be my savior. What's that like that? Okay. Okay. You know, you're done. Yep. You're done. But, you know, you have three incredible high upside options in Mr. Steady. Cut Mr. Steady. Mr. Steady is is gone indeed. I, th- I think you're right on that. All right. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate you taking the time to speak with me tonight, Michael. One last question uh, before I let you go and, and see who you get uh, in waivers in, in the next few hours here in, in the FFPC. A sleeper uh, that may find his way into your lineups this week that maybe a lot of high-stakes guys might not be looking at. And then a stud that uh, you might consider actually benching uh, because you are really worried about his prospects in week 13? Well, you know, in terms of a sleeper finding way, finding his way into my lineup, man, this is going to sound pretty cocky, but uh, my lineups are kind of uh, stacked. I don't have any sleepers in my lineup. I just got a bunch of sweet studs out there for this week for the most <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 um, there are sleepers I can recommend, but they probably won't be in my lineup. You know, and I, and I kind of thought about this earlier. Like, you know, I, I, I literally don't have a sleeper in my lineup. I got a lot of um, pretty strong plays in my lineup. Um, Gus Edwards. Can we still call him a sleeper? I got him in one lineup. That's that's probably as big as it gets. I don't know if he's still a sleeper. Um, in, in terms of studs, you know, we talked about A.J. Green already, and I am going to sit him on at least one team, again, because of the injury situation. Another guy that, and again, I don't know if this guy's necessarily a stud, uh, Sony Michelle. Some weeks he is, some weeks he isn't. You know, it's a running back. You can't just, you know, find those anywhere. I'm going to start him most places I have him, but I am trying to find alternatives for him in some leagues. I don't particularly feel comfortable all the way with Michelle. In large part, you know, he does, you know, he's, he keeps leaving games early because of injuries. It always worries me. But Rex Burkhead is back from IR. And, you know, this New England running back situation actually got kind of easy to figure out for once. But there's, it's back to three-headed uh, situation again. That, that could surprise people. I, you know, I could see Burkhead coming out and really surprising people with how much he's used. It gives me a little bit of pause there. So I'm going to look to pull back on Michelle a little bit if I can. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. I'm, I've, that's been concerning, you know, it, it, you know, the leagues I own James White in, the leagues I own Sony Michelle in, this Burkhead thing. I was just hoping that, you know what, New England is just going to be have the attitude, we'll bring him back next year. We don't need him this year. And, and then, sure enough, they bring him back, and now it's muddying it up a, a little bit again for, for all three of those guys. So I'm with you on that, uh, especially uh, taking a second look at making sure Sony Michelle is a start this week. I don't think he will be. Uh, in many of my leagues that I own him in. Michael, you are always a start on this show. No question. Always a pleasure talking to you. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for helping me sort out my own waiver issues and and, and how I want to attack uh, the remainder of the fantasy season. Best of luck to you in the Football Guys Players Championship, in all your leagues, all your FFPC leagues, in the Dynasty League that that you that you we, we made that deal in earlier in the season. I, I wish you best of luck there. I'm hoping I can sneak into the playoffs. We'll see what happens. It's all a journey. It's It's been fun, and uh, we'll see how it ends up in a few weeks. Amen, brother. Appreciate having me on. Nothing I like talking about more than my fantasy teams and to actually give me a like a large outlet to do that. Man, that's awesome.
Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz Radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think. And follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. It's the sale you've been waiting for. Now through Monday, get a huge 50% off the styles you need now with 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, 50% off. Jeans start at 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. Want fashion in a flash? Buy online and pick up in-store for free. Hurry, the sale ends Monday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 829 to 9-2 excludes in-store clearance, jumpsuits, rompers, bubbles, active license, and men's package tees. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.